I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Uh, two guests this week. This was such a fun show. Uh, Kate Scott and Lisa Byington have returned to the Sports Media Podcast to talk about how their first year as full-time NBA play-by-play broadcasters went. Uh, to give you some background, Kate Scott is the voice of the Philadelphia 76ers, part of NBC Sports Philadelphia, first woman on the Pac-12 network to call a football game. First woman to call an NFL game on the radio. Uh, first woman to call a Warriors game on the radio. A lot of firsts for Kate. Uh, along with her Pac-12 work, she uh, was the, um, th- just this past year served as the voice of Learfield's new college football Saturday night with uh, Mike Golick. So calling college football games for Learfield. Obviously, Kate, there's a ton of stuff that she's done. Uh, if I listed all her resume, we'd be here a long time. But she is part of this uh of this excellent podcast, uh, thanks to my guests, along with Lisa Byington. Lisa is the play-by-play voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, and she also works for a number of other outlets, including Fox Sports, the Big Ten Network, where she calls college football, college basketball, and soccer for them. For CBS Sports, which I imagine you might have seen her during March Madness, she works for CBS Sports slash Turner um, as part of their uh, March Madness men's college basketball coverage. Like Kate, she is a trailblazer, um, becoming the first female play-by-play voice for a football game on the Big Ten Network. And again, they have just completed their regular season with their respective teams, and they are the first women full-time TV play-by-play broadcasters for a major men's professional sports team in the United States. So we're talking about significant pioneers. They're really great at what they do. They're good friends. And we just, we had such a fun conversation reflecting on their first season in the NBA, the challenges that they had to um, sort of deal with as first year broadcasters, how they provided support for each other during the year, dealing with a lot of online criticism, particularly a lot of gender-based criticism. Um, and then just some of their fun and favorite moments with the team. Kate Scott on a plane ride giving Giannis uh, some Oreo cookies. That was a fun story. Uh, I try to give Kate shit that the Raptors are going to beat the Sixers in the first round, although I'm not really sure. Their regular seasons are over. They will still do, based on how the NBA broadcasting works, you'll still be able to hear them locally in the first round unless it's one of those national exclusive games. So Kate and Lisa will do first round of the playoffs, and then after that, it is the national people who uh, continue on if those teams continue on. But this was such a fun conversation. I'm so glad that uh, they made the time to come back on again. Lisa Byington and Kate Scott on the Sports Media Podcast. All right. You know, I gave them, obviously, a significant introduction at the top. So this will be um, a shorter one. But I am really, really pleased to be joined once again, by Lisa Byington and Kate Scott. They did say that uh, they would try to return to this podcast um, at some point. And we're taping at a great time because the regular season uh, has just ended. Uh, Lisa Byington, of course, is the uh, voice of the Milwaukee Bucks. 
And so their uh, team is in the playoffs. And Kate Scott, the uh, voice of the Philadelphia 76ers, television voices, obviously, their team is in the playoffs. So they've actually got to call uh, a fantastic first year. They are the first women full-time TV play-by-play broadcasters for a major men's professional sports team. Um, if you're a Sixers fan, you know who Kate is. If you're a Bucks fan, you know who Lisa is. And also they have a very long resume prior to these assignments. And I am pleased to be joined once again by Kate Scott and Lisa Byington. Kate, Lisa, good morning. <laughs> Lisa, I feel like he said he was going to keep the intro short after no, the long intro. Just, that's why you're, you two are. I, I was I was waiting for the short intro. Maybe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a reason you two are professional broadcasters and paid as such. And because that was just a lie, Richard. You're just starting your podcast with lies. I know that's true, Kate. It wouldn't be the first time. First of all, Kate, I'm proud of you because we've already gone two minutes and you haven't cursed yet, which is very unlike you when it comes to emailing you, which is filled with. Uh, Listen, if you could see the text that Lisa and I have been trading about who should be the MVP of the league this year, fighting for our guys, Joel and Giannis. Okay, she hasn't cussed, but yeah, you're right. I, I deserve an award for not dropping an F-bomb yet. But All right, before we start, uh, Lisa, uh, I just want to get this out of Kate because Kate is calling the Sixers Raptors. I live in Toronto, and yeah. what I feel bad for Kate on, Lisa, is that you are going to have an extended postseason where Kate's postseason <laughs> will end probably six games from now. So it's been a great year for Kate, but it will end and it will Would end. You in look the first at this round. connection. I'm losing my Wi Fi. Lisa, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to mention the fun travel that you have to do from uh, United States to Canada. Oh, yeah. Kate, if, uh, <laughs> if you need some tips, email me off. off, off I'm, well, my biggest I'm question, and we can it. actually get into things. I thought it was Toronto. I thought I'm not supposed to say the second T, but you. Toronto. There, yeah, yeah. I, you're not supposed to say the second T. I okay. again, you're a professional broadcaster. Yeah, you're okay. paid for this. Uh, you know, you're over two. Okay, right. Toronto. It's double. You got to roll the R's. Like bring, that is bring you on are the trash talk, that. Richard. Bring it on. We're just right. going to let our play That's do this. Very impressive, Kate. Okay. I know. I should roll my R's <laughs> for my Spanish uh, classes uh, back in the day. But uh, yes, you're right. I, you, it is not Toronto, like an idiot American. I am saying it's Toronto. <laughs> so you roll the R. So you've learned something here, Lisa, as well. Um, but again, Kate, like. To be honest with you, really not going to have to uh, know that name for many games because it's going to be over very quickly. <laughs> bring it, it bring up it with on, the Richard. Snack talk already. I love I know. Lisa, yeah. like, wow. And, and T, again, lying off the top. And I don't remember us actually agreeing to come back on again. I think that was just one of those nights, like, yeah, we'll see if we can make it happen down the road. So it was. It was a very like talking. We're just, we're just going to let our play do the talking. It was a very positive, joyous experience. I've, I've hoodwinked once again more guests to come on. All right. Lisa, let's start here. We'll, we'll get serious for a second. How would you define calling your first NBA season in a sentence? And then I'm going to ask you why that sentence. And same question for you, Kate. Calling my first, I feel like I'm back in like first grade, you know, <laughs> make a sentence out of this experience. Um, calling my first NBA season was a learning experience. Okay. So now we'll get the extension on that. So why? What, what, why do you say well, that? Well, I think there were... Several seasons within the season, you know, the, the first and what I mean by that, like the first few months are just navigating, uh, you know, kind of dorky broadcaster things like how am I going to do my boards? Uh, how, how am I going to get my research? What stats are important? So uh, knowing just the landscape of the teams, trying to figure out travel, uh, 
you know, we travel with the team. So it's like, okay, like simple things like, okay, I gave my bag to someone. How do I get my bag back? Like we don't like, you know, check into an airport, like a quote unquote common person. So just figuring out all that, that stuff, I think was like my first few months. Um, December, January were unlike anything that the NBA has seen in terms of COVID and protocols and everyone being in health and safety protocols. And so, so for me, like I'm going into a game and, and I was okay with, with who the Bucks were going to play that night. Cause obviously you have sort of behind the scenes information on that, but literally, I mean, there was, you could have, I remember we played Dallas and I think they had picked up six of their available, like nine players within the last like couple of days and, you know, two way players and that sort of thing. So, so that to me was kind of a a second season was navigating December and January (laughs) who was going to play because of COVID. Um, And then we turned the corner and some players, at least on, on the Bucks team, like a Brooke Lopez had become available. So now you've got a, a different looking Bucks team, right? You've got trades happening, all that. Your 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 roster is changing a little bit as you're kind of like gearing towards the playoffs. And so now it's like the team that you're broadcasting in February, March is not the team that you were broadcasting in November. And so for me, it was navigating through all those different seasons within a season. That's interesting. What about you, Kate? Yeah, uh, obviously, pretty much everything that Lisa said. Um, but my sentence I think would be an exhausting, exhilarating roller coaster that I'm never going to forget. Um, so everything that Lisa said, and then as we talked about back at the start of the season, uh, I was also dealing with just a bunch of adulting life stuff, right? Like moving across the country from Oakland to Philly, uh, talking with my wife, are we going to sell the house? Are we going to rent it back in Oakland? Okay, let's make that huge life decision. I was calling football during the fall. I know Lisa had to, then she was crazy and started calling college basketball. I was texting her, what are you doing, man? But congratulations, keep up the great work, you crazy <laughs> bastard. Um, but uh, so dealing Does with- Does that count that, as her first swear word? Or I no? think so. Yeah, honestly, I would have liked for something a little bit bigger. To be <laughs> stay honest. tuned, stay tuned. Um, uh, so dealing with all of that in the fall, then uh, Ala and I got COVID right at Christmas. So Merry Christmas oh, wow. to us from, yeah. So then between Christmas and New Year's was on my own in an Airbnb, really sick, even though I was vaxxed and boosted, it knocked me out. Then coming back, then my wife and dog arrived in mid-January. So then it was, okay, this is great. I have my family here, but now I have to worry about my family here and helping them settle in. Um, So I think there was just a lot of adulting stuff going on behind the scenes that I never wanted to talk about because the most important thing was me figuring out how to travel and my boards and everything that Lisa talked about. Um, But, you know, we were also looking for houses and (laughs) trying to, trying to figure out all this stuff behind the scenes. So that was really exhausting because on all the off days that we should have, and Lisa knows this now, like you, you really need those off days. This truly is a grind. Even if you look at the schedule and you're like, Oh, there's only four games this week. Yeah. But on every off day, we're either going to practice or shoot around or we're updating our boards or we're doing multiple podcasts or interviews like this. And on those days, I was usually, okay, what can I do now to take care of my family today? Do I need to drive 45 minutes to go look at a house? Do I need to go grocery shopping? Do I need to do these things? So, but at the same time, it was incredible because how we started it, we got to cover phenomenal teams this season with two MVP candidates and I had an absolute blast. So it was a lot of things. It was great. 
Kate, I'm going to stick with you here, uh, and Lisa, please uh, follow. Uh, you said um, when we last talked, one of the first, one of the great things about this first year for you was that Lisa was going to go on the the same yeah. journey. And so um, I don't know the answer to this, although I could sort of take a guess. How how often were you in touch with Lisa, and um, would you go back and forth with her either on text and phone just to sort of share common experiences, and maybe even like both of you sort of give each other uh, ideas about how to approach something because you really were going through the same thing where there's all these other broadcasters in the NBA, obviously, who've been around 15, 20, 25 years. So what was that relationship and dynamic like having someone who was going through this, you know, in a city, in a, in a different state? Uh, it was invaluable, Richard. Um, and again, Lisa and I had had texted and communicated uh virtually, I guess you can say, over the past number of years, but we didn't meet in person for the first time until we were both calling the Tokyo Olympics last summer. Um, but it was great just to spend those 30 minutes with her at, what was it, like six o'clock at night in between some soccer and basketball games we were calling. It was wild. But um, just to create then that foundation for trust, because um, it, it wasn't a consistent text or call, but it just seemed like any time... I needed her. She was there. You know, she'd shoot a little text either of support or to give me a hard time. Um, we talked on the phone a couple of times because, as you said, nobody else was going through this um, for the first time um, as somebody who is different than a lot of the people who fans are used to hearing and seeing. So uh, it was invaluable because I had a couple of tough stretches in the fall when the blowback of me being different from Mark Zumoff was pretty intense. Um, I pay more attention to social media, I think, than Lisa does. And and she had my back and had some wonderful advice about how she approaches it. And I really appreciated that. Um, and then I think once I started to really settle in and feel comfortable end of January, beginning of February, then I, I feel like we just started going back and forth as as friends and fellow broadcasters, almost not not even as first years or women or anything that set us apart. But, uh, you know, she posts something on social that was a great call. And I'd send her a note, dude, love that dunk call. That was freaking awesome. And then she'd do the same. And then, as I mentioned, <laughs> during a broadcast, uh, one of our last couple of games this week, when I was talking about Joel and potentially making the case why he should be our MVP this season, uh, she was like, yeah, that's all great information. But Giannis is the MVP. And we were going back and forth during a game, which I don't I think I actually do. said you're wrong. <laughs> I, think you I think I was a little bit, I was just even more direct than that, Richard. I was, which is um, a lot for Lisa. So I love that. So uh, it's been, it's been wonderful, Richard. What, what about you, LB? Yeah, yeah. What about you, Lisa? Yeah. You know, um, I, I've, I've told in, in other interviews, I think that we've done, I've said, and, and I truly mean it, um, that Kate is literally the only person on the face of the earth who understands and knows what I'm going through. And, and that's no disrespect to any other women in the business. Um, you know, Beth Moens has called NBA games at the national level. Obviously, Doris Burke, as an analyst, has, has done, you know, um, many, many great things in her role. Um, but there, there's a reason why Kate and I are the first. You know, there, there never has been a, a female voice track or a soundtrack, if you will, to a team. You know, the, the fans got to tune in right to our voices every single night and, and no one else can relate to that. And, and the highs and the lows, because there are both there are highs and lows. No one else can relate to that other than Kate. And so, uh, you know, to echo what she was saying, you know, we've you know, we've we've talked the gamut of 
research stuff and, uh, you know, just the, the makeup of our broadcast teams to social media. And, and uh, we've had various conversations about all those different topics that, that, that you would imagine that we would talk about, you know, and whether it's a couple phone calls or, or some messages and stuff. But um, to me, uh, it hasn't mattered the frequency of our back and forth, but just the, the meaningfulness of it, you know, and, and the timing of it that, that has made the most, because literally she's the only one that understands what I'm going through. Kate, um, you mentioned something before, and so let's get to this. And then Lisa, again, um, uh, this, the same question goes to you, although maybe the experiences are different or maybe they're the same. You mentioned that the, it was very tough at the beginning of the year um, re- regarding who you replaced uh, in Philadelphia. You replaced a longtime broadcaster, Mark Zumoff. Um, but the reality is, um, and both of you know this, uh, broadcasters get criticism. What, what's different a lot of times is that there's no gender-based criticism for male broadcasters, right? The criticism might be, you suck, you this, you this, but it's never, you shouldn't be doing the game because you're a man. So I wonder if um, you could, Kate, obviously both you and Lisa will receive some kind of criticism, but was the criticism for you different in your opinion than it was for other broadcasters? Um, And then in regards to Mark, um, what kind of stuff did you face replacing somebody who had been the voice of the team for a long time? Yeah, no pressure for Lisa or or me. (laughs) It's okay, just take over for a guy who's been there for 30 years, but that's pretty much every professional job at this point. Um, Okay, let me try to break these down. So yeah, there's there's criticism. I mean, as I've been telling people, I've experienced it since my first day on the job at KNBR over a decade ago doing sports radio in San Francisco. Um, it's the old, you're a woman. These are men's sports. You can only belong here if you're a man. Um, and that's, I think, the difference. I've tried to explain it because, as you said, I understand if people don't like my voice or my face or any of the things that you would criticize any other broadcaster about, but it is the extra layer of, how dare you even try to do this? What makes you think you could ever know this sport like I could know it because you are a woman and I am a man? Um, it's those comments that take it from just critique because I, I had some back and forth with people uh, about it in, I think, November or December. And they said, well, we can't critique you because you're a woman. No, no, no. You can obviously critique me, but you don't get to say, how dare you just because I'm a woman. We're all born knowing exactly the same about sports, which is nothing. And then we grow up and learn about them as we grow as human beings. Um, and basketball is basketball is basketball. In some other sports, there are differences, but basketball's the same. Um, but uh, so I think the biggest thing for the critique, because I've experienced either regular critique or gender-based critique since I started, it was just the volume of it, right? Because this is such a a high profile gig versus anything I'd done in the past. So it was just the volume of it. And as I said, I'm, I think a lot more active on social media than Lisa is. So I was trying to find the way because I so enjoy interacting with people. And I think it's a very important part of making the audience and Sixers fans feel seen and heard when they can interact with their broadcaster. But with that, then you're also seeing the negative. So it was kind of gauging that. And Lisa was very helpful in, in telling me how she kind of went about that. And then when it came to taking over for zoo uh, and after our final regular season game, the other day, I just posted a little video um, saying thanks to Sixers fans because 
I knew coming into this one, regardless of who I was or what I looked like, it was going to be an uphill battle because Zoo was here for 27 years and he was really good. So everybody who's watched the Sixers for the past 40 years, like he, he was their guy. So whoever was taking over, this was going to be a massive leap. And then the fact that it was a woman who, as I said in the video, I'm sure most of the fans had never heard a woman call anything before because there still isn't that many of us. Um, I know I'm not from Philly, which I know was another big hurdle for them to overcome because Zoo, born and raised in Philly. So there was a lot of layers for fans. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you because the last month, Richard, the tone has shifted on social media um, from I hate you, go back to California to I really hated you. I didn't want to give you a chance but I have stuck with it. And man, I really enjoy your energy. I'm really glad you're here. I hope you stay here for a very long time. I appreciate that answer, Kate. Now, Lisa, you were, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, though, you replaced Jim Paschke, or he was in that seat before you. Um, so that's another, you know, 35, 40 year kind of voice for a team. Um, as Kate mentioned, that's multiple generations only hearing one person's voice. Um, growing up if you're a fan of that team. So I ask you the same question in terms of like, what kind of feedback did you get? Um, there's always going to be criticism for a broadcaster. How would you describe what you got? And with the caveat, and it's important that Kate brought it out, you are not nearly as active on social media as she is. And so the avenues to sort of give you feedback from uh, wherever are just reduced because you're you know, you're not as active. She's smart. As, She's uh, smarter than as, me, Richard, is what she is. She's smarter. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, it, you know, that's a larger conversation, <laughs> Kate, for, for all of us in terms of how much. But but that's just a reality. Like, Kate is very, very active, especially on Twitter. And she's amazing when she interacts with people. But you then open yourself up to being for people to interact with you. Yeah. Right? So there you go. How do you define active on social media? Uh, well, that's a great question. I mean, I like in the Twitter universe, I would say almost daily and multiple maybe tweets or interactions a day. Um, I, I'm not really a big uh, uh, in, uh, Instagram or TikTok person. So I would imagine that uh, maybe I would call it a day. I would say daily. If you are a daily presence on social media, I, I, I would say that's active. That's okay. How I yeah, do. I would say maybe I'm a little bit more active on Instagram than I am on Twitter. But I will usually post something on Twitter almost every every game day. Um, that's why I was asking about like what your definition of active is. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to portray that I'm like not on social media. Um, I am right. You're just not an idiot like me and Kate. Yeah, like, you just don't respond to people, so. Lisa, as often as we do. Because <laughs> well, here's because right. here's my take yeah. on it. I used to do that. <laughs> um, you know, with with college football when I became a play by play or. NCAA tournament last year was my first year, and that was um, a huge stage, right, to receive both compliments and criticism. And, and what I realized is if, if you're paying attention to all the comments, and a lot of people, when I, when I say that, they think automatically criticism, but it's as dangerous to look at compliments as well. Um, and that's, that's my take on it. And so to me, in the season, it's a distraction. Now, I might go back and, and, and look at some things and, and respond to some people maybe after the fact. And, and quite frankly, I also have some people in my life who kind of monitor some of that stuff. If there's something's really, really important, they'll bring it to my attention and I'll respond to it. Um, but I, I don't I don't I can't justify 
riding the highs and the lows of compliments and criticism when you're trying to do a job. Uh, number one, I don't, I don't think you're going to change those people's opinions, really. So it, it's almost like wasted energy for me to kind of go back and forth, um, especially people who are criticizing you or don't like your style for, for whatever reason. I think it's wasted time and wasted energy. Everyone's going to have their opinion. And, and Richard, actually, I just uh, read your interview with Joe Davis, um, and, and I liked his response about following Vin Scully. And, and it was because I was trying to wrap my head around what it was like to, to replace someone like Jim Paschke, as you mentioned, who had been there for 35 years. And I'm going to steal Joe's quote in that you're not replacing a legend, you're following that person. And, and you're following exactly. that person with your own style and your own voice, um, your own way of going about things. And, and granted, as Kate said, there's going to be people, whoever sat in, this, in that chair is, is, is not going to be get a 100% approval rating. Let's be honest with that. Um, and so, so I knew that going in, but I thought Joe put it perfectly. And, and that's how I feel. I, I never went into this year. And as I was broadcasting throughout the year thinking I have to replace Jim, I was just trying to do the best job that Lisa could do, you know, and, and it's, you have to, in terms of facing the criticism too, like to Kate's point about, there are several check boxes that a female broadcaster has to pass that a male broadcaster does not. Um, just the other night, I was I was sitting with a with a friend, and Kevin Harlan was doing the game, and and my friend said, "Who who is this?" And I said, "It's Kevin Harlan. Do you like him?" And she stopped and like this, and she listened for a second, and she said, "Yeah." You know, and and for <laughs> that doesn't happen for female play by plays. You know, like there when you when you stop and you listen, you think, "Does she know the sport?" First of all, because um, I've gotten that comment before. Hey, I like you. It's hey, it sounds like you know what you're talking about, which they never say about male announcers. Yeah. You know, then it's do I like the voice? Then it's do I like the style? And and then maybe there's a couple other boxes you have to check. But if you get those three, then maybe you get the yes. It's never that quick. <laughs> like, <laughs> With a half second pause, let's listen to what they sound like. Yes, I like that female and out, you know. Um, and so it's it's getting past all of those those boxes you have to check to get to the likability factor that is something that we still have to constantly hurdle. I'm gonna. St I appreciate the, those answers. Thank you. Uh, and I'm gonna stick with you, Lisa. I will say, Kate, it's interesting. Um, and this is again, this is just me from ten thousand feet away. Um, I think being a broadcaster in Philly is also different than being a broadcaster in Milwaukee, just because I think Philadelphia, this is not, no disrespect to Milwaukee, but Philadelphia <laughs> is an intense city yeah. uh, in everything, politics, sports, yeah. life. And so um, I think, Kate, you just, you were also, you happen to also just be in a unique yeah. American sports city, calling a sport that people care about. It would be the same thing if totally. you were in Boston calling baseball or yeah. uh, New York calling baseball. It's just it, that's not to say the Bucks obviously. It's don't underestimate those Wisconsin Lisa, sports but. fans, Richard. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, and I maybe I'm I'm totally going Careful. a little East Coast bias here. He's throwing shade but, left like, and right, Lisa. Yeah, First I just, he starts I, out talking trash on the Sixers. Yeah, now he's I've, throwing shade uh, walking. Yeah. All of us who have lived. Who We're used to being the underdog. It. It's okay. Bring it on, Richard. Bring it on. Bring it on. I know. 
Kate, I'm just mad because I, I swear to God, if Giannis didn't resign with uh, Milwaukee, he was going to Toronto. You know that he would have. He was tight with Masai. He's an international worldly guy. He would have loved living here. So, yeah, I'm just honestly just ticked off because that yeah. if you put Giannis basing on the Raptors, then it's a five year championship so, run. Now we know so where the shade my, is. My decision from. to move exactly. up here would have been great. Exactly. Yeah, it's really. I'm really actually more mad at, at Lisa than you, Kate, because, again, I'm not the first rounds Richard, already. My dad told me years my ago when he was digging a hole and my mom was just shaking her head. He said, sometimes, Kate, you just got to drop the shovel. You just got to drop the shovel and try to claw your way out of that <laughs> hole that you dug. So just drop it. <laughs> I hear you. I know. Look, listen, I, I respect the Sixers and 39 year old. Uh, did James you have Harden. a question have for Lisa, Richard? I think you had a question for Lisa. <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> All right, Lisa. This will be for, this. Let's start with you, and then we'll go to Kate. What? I, and again, I realize you probably had um, really memorable interactions with a lot of players this year. But if you would, with my audience, could you share like one or two of your favorite interactions with uh, Bucks players this year during your first year doing this? Sure. Um, you know what? That's that's a question I haven't gotten asked yet. I don't know, Kate, if you've gotten asked that. Um, you know what? Uh, I, I do Finally. have one story that jumps out actually that I haven't uh, told publicly. So I, I, I hope it's okay with Giannis that I, that I share this, but um, right. Right. Yeah, tell Giannis uh, to call me. I'll I mean, reach we'll, out to we'll, you we'll and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. A sympathy card. Send it to Richard. It's wrong. Um, you know, first of all, just to frame it, uh, I really tried to be a, a fly on the wall. I didn't want to be the new kid, always in the face of everyone, coaching staff to players. I, I really wanted them to do kind of do their thing. And, um, and, and I know that was kind of the approach of Jim as well, you know, is that he had a job to do, they had a job to do, and, and it wasn't our job to be best friends with these players. Um, you know, but having said that, I did look for opportunities, whether it was at shoot around or practice, you know, to talk to a player, uh, whether we're walking into the arena or, after shoot around or practice just to kind of pick their brain. And, and I really appreciated those moments. Um, I will say it was around Thanksgiving and, and Giannis made a big deal about Oreos. Right. And so um, at his press conference and he had never uh, had this revelation that dipping Oreos in milk was the greatest thing, which it is. I, I back him. Strongly it was on so that. good. And so we were actually, uh, that was the day before we were going to go on the road to Denver and so I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't know how he's going to receive this, but I was driving to the airport and I said, you know what, I'm going to pick up, you know, those small little packs of Oreos you can get at the gas station. I said, I'm going to pick up one of those little packs of Oreos and just give it to him on the plane because we travel with the team. So I got on the plane and I got there early. Um, surprise, surprise. I'm really early on everything I get to. And so uh, so his brother, his older brother, Thanasis, was on the plane, but Giannis was not. So I gave Thanasis the the packet of, of Oreos. And I said, can you give this to your brother? The NASA's looked at the packet of Oreos and he laughed and he kind of nodded his head. And so we sit, I'm, I'm assuming in the Sixers plane, it's the same, Kate, like we sit in the, the rift raft, sit in the back of the plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you got to keep the trouble away from the cockpit, Lisa. Exactly, exactly. So you've got players in the front of the plane, then you've got coaches management kind of in the middle, and then you have support staff, um, athletic trainers, sports performance, TV, radio, all that in the back of the plane. So I'm sitting like at the furthest point away from Giannis. And we, we land in Denver 
And we're, you know, we, we wait for the appropriate people to get up and leave. And then it's our turn in the back of the plane. And so I, I get up and, and I'm walking towards the front of the plane and I see Giannis is still sitting down, you know? So I, I walk by him and I said, Hey, I said, did your brother. And before I can even finish my sentence, he got a big smile on his face. He, he reached in this bag behind him, pulled out my little packet of Oreos. And he said, this is going to be my bedtime snack tonight. <laughs> And so, um, so I loved it. You know, it was taking a little bit of a risk to reach out and, and to show him, Hey, I, I appreciate your humor. I appreciate you as a person. Here's kind of my sense of humor as well. And, um, and so it was received really well. And so that was, uh, one of my favorite, I guess, interactions to be honest. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Uh, similar what to what Lisa you? said, what I you, just Kate? try to fly on the wallet when I first get somewhere because these guys, Everybody wants something from them at all times of every day. So I've just tried to be here yep. as much as possible. Um, but two that pop into my mind, uh, one of our post-game interviews we were doing, and we had some technical difficulties with Tyrese Maxey. So I had, I had asked the first question, and then it was silence because our mics cut out. And Tyrese is staring in the camera, and then he goes, Miss Kate? <laughs> and uh, because he's, he's a Texas kid, so they like to put <laughs> Miss in front of names, right? And that took off. So now a lot of people on social media refer to me as Miss Kate, which I'm pretty sure is the first time I have ever been called Miss Kate. Like Mike Golick was on it immediately texting <laughs> me like, who the blank is calling you Miss? Have they met you? Um, but since then, now when Tyrese and I see each other, he has a pup. We we live near each other in the city and it, he'll be like, hey, Miss Kate, how's it going? And a couple of days after the interview, he was walking his pup with his mom and he said, Miss Kate, Miss Kate, I want you to meet my mom. Um, and his parents are here and they're phenomenal and lovely. So that's been really cool to kind of create that bond with him because he could potentially be one of the future stars of this. Joel has nicknamed him the yeah, franchise, right? In his second like season, like he was asked great. to do so much. Um, and then the other yeah. story is, as Lisa and all of us know, a bunch of guys got knocked out with COVID in December and January, right? Um, and George Niang, one of our first guys off the bench who Philly's fallen in love with, um, he sent me a, a DM and I, I hadn't talked to him before. And he said, hey, I'm, I'm watching the games because I'm home with COVID. And I just want to say I love your energy. Uh, you're doing awesome. And since then, we've kind of been texting every once in a while. And, and actually this morning before I headed over to the practice facility, he uh, he took a digger yesterday. Lisa, a court monster got him. And he said, like, just tripped over nothing. And he sent me a text this morning. The guys told me you were cracking up at me falling yesterday. And so, of course, I said, heck, yeah, man, that court monster. I hope you took care of that. After. He was a, he was nasty. I hope you killed that after practice yesterday. Dude. Um, um, you know what? You know, what, Kate, I, I just want to interject. So that, yeah. that makes sense. So, um, you know, the the one game that we did together uh, when the Bucks and the Sixers played at the end of March, um, you know, there was the wonderful article that was written in the, the Philly Inquirer. And um, and so uh, George had seen that story. And so um, we did uh, our our open and stuff on the court instead yeah. of, you know, with, with Philly, it's it's where the broadcasters are. They're elevated. Right. So I'm walking down to the court and George is, is sitting off to the side and he was going like this. And I'm like, is he waving at me? You know, like, <laughs> is, he, is he waving at me? And, and he's trying to flag me down. And, and I, I said, are you I said, you're trying to get my attention. And he said, yeah, you're the you're the Milwaukee Bucks announcer. Right. And I said, I am. And he said, 
I read that story in the Inquirer today, and I think it's just awesome what's happening tonight. And I and I said, oh well, thank you. And so uh, I didn't know anything. Obviously, you know him better, and I and I thought that was really really cool for an NBA player to be so aware, right? To read the story, recognize what was happening. And so then to hear his interaction with you, I just wanted to interject and share that because now all that makes sense to the kind of individual. I'm so glad because, yeah, the, I think we went on our L.A. road trip the next day or something. And at shoot around, he, he came over. and He was like, you and Lisa, was that the first time that it ever happened in the NBA? And I said, I said, yeah. And he was like, oh, that's so cool. So the, the guys are I think we got hooked up with some pretty great teams, Richard. I think that's the moral. Yeah. And that guy, it's interesting you say that uh, because. George has a reputation of being like yeah. one of the great sort of like vets in the league. And the reason I know that, again, just sort of bring it back to Toronto, the Raptors brought yeah. uh, Thaddeus Young in, who also has a similar reputation. And they were always considering George to come in here because he's supposedly like a great chemistry guy that, uh, you know, along with an excellent role player in the league, can sort of add to the chemistry of your locker room. So it's, 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 I'm not surprised to hear that that. Uh, when you're sort of reflecting on this, it's him because it totally checks the box of all these insiders who are saying there are just certain guys in the league yeah. who are really good chemistry guys who, in addition to whatever their role is, they're, you know, and I think you just, you see guys who play in the league 16, 17, 18 years. Those are the guys. There's a reason those guys, yeah. you know, and Chase Hattie, you know if whatever, you had an over under of how many times Richard was going to uh, reference Toronto in this podcast, yeah. what now, four or five? I know. I hope there wasn't. I hope yeah, there wasn't. I a almost never do start, this. Lisa, because people will yeah. be wasted at this point. <laughs> no, and I almost, I almost never make. I almost never do that and it's make. Gonna, the it's going to suck when you guys me, get knocked but, out in uh, five, Richard. Just you two are just so going to really. Does that count as a? Does that count as a swear? Okay, who cares what the? Who, honestly, <laughs> it does. Yeah. Kate, by the way, who cares what happens? <laughs> Good honesty. I just care about downloads. Let's be honest. Like when it comes to anything. That's right. So, Lisa, go out there and promote this on your, your – make it two-inch. I don't like this perception that I'm not active on social right. media. Let's, Lisa, she I, is active. She's just not as stupid as I Richard and me interact with. don't re- respond to, yeah. to the criticism and the compliment. No, Kate, Lisa, Lisa, don't backtrack. Yeah. Kate, Kate has a right. Well, as long as we got Kate that clear. Yeah. We're idiots. You're, you're the smarter you person. You post here. just as often Toronto as we do. Yes. You just don't and, respond. And you guys, you're, you're, you guys are yeah. fools. Yeah, so exactly. If that's the biggest takeaway we get from this yes. podcast. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. That is the only takeaway. All right, last two subjects here. You mentioned that uh, – uh, I'll stick with you here, Lisa. March was the first time you guys had um, – you called the game to, – to, to calling him together is sort of a weird phrase here, but you both were calling the same game. Um, and I remember that uh, – I think maybe I read this in the Philly piece that you, you did see each other um, earlier in the year, right? But that was a national televised game. So the March game is the first time where you're both working um, – you're both working in the same arena. The first, the first two were actually national oh, yeah. televised well, games. Makes sense, obviously. So, yeah, so it was the third meeting that we finally got a chance for the local broadcast to do it. So what was that like, Lisa? I mean, I, I met, did you, uh, um, I don't know. You got to focus, obviously, on your own job and calling the broadcast, but you have to, in the back of your mind, also know, like, this is a pretty historic moment here um, with someone who, like you said, the only person on earth maybe who knows what you've been going through this year. 
Um, I don't know. That must have been such an awesome like kind of thing. Even though you got to call the Bucks game and you got to focus on the local broadcast. I thought about it three times on game day. So I thought about it in the pregame, and and I came up and you got to you know Philly's ridiculous. You got to walk up you know the 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 stands to get to the broadcast table because it <laughs> it's elevated, you know. Uh, but but Kate was up there and I walked up. We gave each other a hug and uh, and I, I really did take it in internally and personally. I really did take it in at that moment. I took it in at halftime. You know, Kate actually came over and she she said, uh, my parents said they really enjoy listening to you. So I told them, screw you, mom and dad. And, <laughs> and, I, and I said, they're, they're flipping back and forth between the broadcast. And she said, yeah. And I said, that's awesome. So I was able to take it in then. And then I took it in post game because it was such a good game, you know, and, and as we're packing up and, and at, Kate at the time was doing her, her post-game show, but I just looked over as I'm packing up my bag and I thought that was, this was a, this was a really cool night, but I only thought about those three times because, and I'm sure Kate's not in her head. I'm looking over at her because if you're thinking about it, while you're doing the game and, and it's the same as thinking about it throughout the season, then you can't do your job. You know, you can step back and have right. your moments, but if you make the moments like part of the season, part of the game, uh, you're not going to be able to do the job. So, so I would say uh, on that game day, those are, well, those were the three separate times that I thought about how cool that day was. What about yeah, you? Kate? I think that's a, a good summary. Um, and I know that I talk about what makes us different, I think, a little more than Lisa. I, I know she's super focused on what I love, that we ho- we both hope to get to a, a place soon where, uh, as Lisa says, right, our voices just become background noise. The voice of a female announcer is just like background noise, just like male announcers. Um, but I think in order to get there, we need to take the steps that we're taking. So as Lisa said, that was a, a big fucking step. There you go. There's your F on record. Um, Thank you, Kate. And yeah, I, I didn't uh, I didn't expect Lisa. I could tell that something happened when we hugged pregame because usually Lisa's, uh, you know, more put together than I am, <laughs> as I'm sure everybody can tell, um, a little more polished. Um, but I, I, I could sense that you kind of noticed in that moment before the game, like, this is a really big deal. And I think the reason it's a big deal is because and this could just be me. Uh, but I feel like as the season has gone on, I know you and I knew coming into this season that we were just broadcasters who happened to be women, Lisa. But I feel like now with our first regular season in the books, a lot of other people are realizing that too. And when we called that game, it just felt like we're here because we're really fucking good at our jobs and we earn these positions. Yeah, that's two drink. Um, and so it's awesome that we are different but we're here because we belong. Um, and I think that's how we're going to get to what you say about the background noise. And um, so, yeah, pregame, halftime, afterwards, and uh, now just looking at her face again right now. Did you guys happen to, I, I mean, I know travel schedules and stuff. Did you see each other after the game? Did you happen to? Uh, no, uh, uh, we, we had to, to hop on a bus place? and go uh, to Brooklyn because we were playing, we had a back-to-back. So we were playing the next, the next night. So go. we couldn't. And, uh, and yeah, so the more meaningful, I guess, exchange was pregame, you know, with the hug that we had. 
post game, like I said, I'm packing up and I'm looking over and we kind of do the wave because she's got to do her yeah. post game responsibilities. But, yeah. And I'll say this, Richard, um, you know, I always say the universe gives you what you what you need, not necessarily what you want. And um, I think it was perfect that we had that game towards the end of the season. Um, it, it, it would have been meaningful. Like, I don't want to say that it wouldn't have been meaningful if it happened in November or December, you know, but for it to happen in March in, in the final few games of, of the regular season where, where we could have months of memories, right, of our first years, and now it comes together with this game, you know, with – came down to some of the final plays of the game with two MVP candidates. Um, you can't, you can't script that any better. So as much as I think actually Jim Paschke was the first one to look ahead at the schedule when it was announced, you know, both Kate and I had these roles and Jim Paschke was the one who tweeted out, uh, this won't happen until the end of March. You know, I hadn't even looked ahead and I remember seeing that tweet and I was a little bit bummed out because I thought, Oh, it's going to be till March until this happens. But now that it happened, it was absolutely perfect. The jobs that you both have are obviously very, very uh, competitive jobs, and so uh, there's only there's only a finite number of them. Uh, so that that in itself means it's a competitive job. So what happens for you at the end of the year? Is there do you have a sit down with whoever your bosses are with the Sixers and they? sort of tell you what they liked, I don't know, didn't like, et cetera. And how do you sort of approach it as you sort of head forward? Because, you know, if you're, how do, I don't know, sort of, how do I phrase this? Like, you know, if you're Jim Nance, like, you know, you're going to be at CBS next year. I, I mean, I realize Jim Nance has a contract, so it's not the perfect analogy. Like, I get it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's a lot, like, you know that in, unless something crazy happens, like, you're the voice of the Masters next year. So for you and Lisa, um, because you're still very new to these jobs, how do you approach it as you as you sort of look forward, both what you can control and obviously what the organization controls? Yeah, well, and to answer the first part of the question, Richard, I, I don't know what's going to come because we haven't had those meetings yet. Um, <laughs> sorry to disappoint. I do have, uh, I know, a performance review from, so I'm, I'm uh, hired by NBC Sports Philadelphia. Okay, so I know it's right. different each team, some teams, their broadcaster is on and other teams, it's either Bally's or NBC or whatever the regional is. So I am right. a NBC employee. Um, so I know that I have waiting in my inbox that I can't access because I lost access to my NBC computer. <laughs> but I know that there's a performance review in there that I got a couple of weeks ago. So I'll, I will have that and I'll meet with um, Sean Alexiak, who's my boss uh, at NBC Sports Philadelphia. So I don't know if the Sixers will do the same. Um, but I'm planning, I mean, I always say I'm relentlessly self-critical and I don't think we get here if we're not. So I'm planning to go back and listen to a chunk of games that I've called and critique myself. And I've been doing that throughout the season because I think that's how we find what our crutches are. If I've been using a certain word or phrase too much, I try to get away from that. So, and then, uh, I'll ask some people that I really respect in the industry if they, we're watching any games this year. I know the Sixers, a lot of people were because it was such an interesting story throughout the season um, and ask for feedback from some trusted advisors and mentors in this industry um, and then go from there. 
and I don't want to um, make presumptions or anything, but it, it, it would be your goal, right, to stick around for a while. Like you, this is Philly's home now, correct? I, I hope to be here for a very long time. Uh, sorry, not sorry, haters, as I said the other night in my video after the game. But yeah, I'm I'm loving it, Richard, because as you said, uh, I've always been the most passionate of sports fans. I was always the one screaming at my teammates when I played years ago. Um, so this has very quickly started to feel like home. So yeah, I hope I hope Excellent. to be here for a long time. All right, any management people from NBC Sports Philly, this, <laughs> no, this is a no-brainer. Try not to screw this up. All right, Lisa, uh, same for you. Like, what's how does the sort of evaluation process work for you both um, uh, personally and then as well as uh, organizationally? Well, you just go to Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can, but ultimately they're 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 not. I paying. told you, Lisa is sneaky, sassy, and funny. She hides it, but I know. Right? Look at the sass there from buying. Uh, this is I know. This is this is Milwaukee Bucks, Lisa, not the CBS, <laughs> not professional CBS, Lisa. Where you know, you always gotta hate on, you always gotta hate on CBS. <laughs> I like CBS, but they're they are. Listen, there's they're a network. There there is a. By inherently, there is a conservatism to a network sports broadcasting job compared to, I don't know, if you were doing Twitch and you're playing video games and you can be like Kate just awful cursely. comparisons. So. That's like the extreme. Like, I know. You just went from Listen. PBS to Twitch. Yeah, I, I know. Lisa, I got to be honest. This is like feels like for me a back to back. I'm off my game today. I, I think bit, Lisa, I what like. he's trying to say is that is why CBS has no interest in hiring me because <laughs> because. <laughs> and of no, in some ways, didn't I, I just praise Lisa for being in CBS, Kate? I feel like Lisa. What, you can see Lisa in the blue CBS blazer. I'm not sure. Right, right. I also could see her oh, elsewhere, but like I'm. I don't know about that. No, I'm saying like Lisa, you're you're blazer. Your skill set is such where you have worked for so many high-end organizations that you can do, you can sort of fit in anywhere. Like you got the Bucks job, but you also have done CBS. You've also been Big Ten Network. This is a compliment. Not everybody can work for. She's multiple not networks. taking it like that, Richard. You should just. Drop, I know. You should drop the shovel. I feel like back. I know. Like back she's back, back to staring at you. She's back to serious, Lisa. Kate, back to serious. Don't Achilles, Richard. Backpedaling there, Lisa. What you got? What's your review? Yeah, All right, Lisa. Go I, ahead. I don't even remember the question. I love Chicago, <laughs> Lisa. Just oh, so evaluations. You know. Evaluations. Chicago's a great city, Lisa. Just want you to. Know. Yeah, Milwaukee is is in Wisconsin. Are like some of the best sports fans too. Let's just put it out. There. Yeah, I know. I've been to Milwaukee. I love it's. It's great. Just, just want to Go remind Brewers. everyone on this podcast of that. Um, yeah. You know, I've already had some, actually, some evaluations throughout the year. So, unlike yeah. Kate, I'm actually, I actually am a Bucks employee, but I, I look at it as having two different families. Um, Bally Sports, Wisconsin, is where our games air. So, I look at it as having our Bally Sports family and our Bucks family. Uh, I've actually had already like mid-year some evaluations for both families, you know, um, Bally Sports. It came just a, a couple months in and I really appreciated it. I talked to management there and and it was they gave they listened to maybe like the first couple months, you know, gave uh, what they liked, gave like areas of improvement, you know, which I guess is what we call it these days. Right. Um <laughs> And then, you know, same thing with the box. I think it was just more or less kind of checking into to see how the new person is doing, um, which I appreciated. There hasn't, uh, I'm sure there'll be some, some postseason evaluations that come, but, you know, as of right now, you know, we're all just kind of playoff brain and everything. And, but I, I certainly anticipate that, you know, if uh, these two groups, you know, were so conscientious and checking in on me mid-season, I'm sure they will postseason. But I'm much like Kate. Um, a lot of times, if I have time, 
I listened to my stuff. You know, when I was doing a lot of college stuff and I was traveling on my own and not with the team uh, to pass the time, if I was in a rental car or something going from one game to another game, I would actually, and you can do this now with the, the beauty of technology, you can go back all the archive games and you can just sit there and play. So uh, if mom and dad are listening, I wouldn't watch the games, but I would listen, you know, and that's all I had to do was just listen to my cadence, listen to my voice, listen to how I'm interacting with the analysts, all those things. And I was able to do more of a, a, a self-review in that way. I've, I've only been doing it, uh, you know, a, a few a few times here and there, not as much as I wanted to. Um, like Kate said, you know, the NBA schedule is, is so voluminous and it's so heavy that it's, you're thinking about the next game immediately and, and you're behind if you're already thinking about the game you just did, you know? So I think in the, in the off season, there'll be more of that. Um, everything from how did I handle this game? How did I handle this moment? How did I, I worked with a lot of different analysts too. You know, I shouldn't say a lot of different analysts, but at least two different analysts. I worked with three different sideline reporters this year. Um, so I worked with a lot more people on the broadcast, I think, than Kate did. And so it's, as, as you guys know, it's dealing with all those different personalities. If that happens again next year, did I work with this person? Okay. Did I work with this person? Okay. So it's, it's all of that. Um, as well as something dorky, if we have broadcasters listening, like, did I do the best I could with my broadcast boards? Am I, am I, you know, the most efficient with stuff like that and pulling st- like, how did I research on game day? Was I making the most of my time? All that stuff is is stuff that I'll go back and evaluate in the postseason. I appreciate that answer. Uh, there is, uh, as we wrap up here, it is not inconceivable that you two could be in the Eastern Conference Finals uh, calling uh, your respective teams. So you'd be seeing a lot of each other. Um, they don't want to get too far ahead, but uh, man, that would be amazing. I'm right about that, that but the, the Sixers and the Bucks are on opposite sides, Correct. right? We could see one another, but okay. we would not be calling games anymore at that point. But... Oh, what am I but talking about? Because they're that's, national. That's stage, yeah. Richard. It's the fog brain that you're in, oh, yeah. Richard. We only get, we only get right. the, for people listening, they might not understand. We only, the local broadcasts only get the first round. You're right. And then we hand it over to all the national broadcasts. Boy, this is a, like, I'm in the lottery. Which would actually this, be even this, better uh, because podcast. if that happens, Kate and I should sit next to each other and throw popcorn at each other. <laughs> would you guys, I actually don't know the answer to this, but do the, would you be there? Would you, I mean, how, how does it work for the local broadcasters when TNT and ESPN take over? Like, do you, are you there? That's a you good question. I mean, I'm planning to go to as a fan. I don't know if we make it that far. I mean, I could try to sneak my way onto the team plane because I feel like a, a Lisa and Kate Twitch, you know, kind of like Sue and D did awesome. for the NCAA Women's but no, but, 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 right? but like, like I'd have to, my whiskey. I'd be smoking a cigar. Lisa would be there with her like electrolyte water. Very But 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 in all in in all seriousness, but in all seriousness, no, there'd be a lot of if if your teams go that far there's value in you guys being there like you want you th- th- it just it will help your broadcast the following year to be able to have seen this that. stuff with your own yeah, eyes right I totally agree yeah yeah oh i so i actually don't i should look into that i don't even know the answer so right now kate you so what you're saying right now is you'd have to really you'd have to figure it out on your own i mean imagine obviously the team can get you yeah, credentials yeah, we already have credentials but the road games yeah, could be tricky I, I don't know so but i'm planning to be at Interesting. any home playoff games after the first round okay um, just as a, right. a fan slash researching for next year nice all right listen i i i wanted to do this uh at the season's end and you you two were so kind enough to uh to make some time. Um, as you know, I'm big fans of both of you. I'm incredibly happy for your success. And, um, and I have no doubt you're going to be in these jobs for, for a long time. And, and, um, 
Lisa may be breaking up with me as a friend. Do you see this face? Can we give Lisa like 30 seconds to clear the air? I'm just giving her a hard time. She is not. She drinks and has fun with me and all that stuff, too. So, L- <laughs> LB, you have the floor. I've I don't know. About wow. Now, Kate, about now Kate's calling you. Uh, she's calling. The now betrayal she's saying- of Kate or the betrayal of me. Like, it's totally like at these extremes, you know, like. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Somewhere in the probably middle. the truth. And the truth. Li- the truth lies somewhere. Uh, the truth lies. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, we're probably more in the um, middle than people yeah. realize yeah. with each other. <laughs> in the middle. Kate, wow, Kate! Now you're a West Coast person on the East Coast. I'm proud of you. Thanks, you pulled it thanks. off for a while. It's not an easy. Uh, it's fun. It's not an it's easy fun. switch. Although I'm not looking forward to the humidity this summer, but we'll <clears throat> we'll power through. Richard, are you proud of me too? I'm a Midwest person, and I stayed in the in the Midwest. <laughs> I am very proud of you, Lisa. They see that's a sneaky see, good joke by Lisa. There. Lisa, I'll let you That's know. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I, I got a I'll text message you know. from the I'll CBS let... executives. They told me to say that. So <laughs> they've got a good sense of humor too. Go Sixers. Go well, Bucks. Screw the Raptors. All right. I can't. I listen. I think I feel like that. Given that I've given you a lot of shit, Kate, Thank on this you. podcast. That's fair. All right. Lisa Byington uh, is the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks. You also see her on. Um, CBS. Are you still doing Big Ten stuff, Lisa? I should know yeah. this off the top of my head. Okay, I thought Fox. so. Don't forget so Fox. You, you can fo- and Fox, right. You can find Lisa on uh, various different outlets. Uh, Everyone wants to hire Lisa. Yeah, no matter what Lisa says, trust me, the, the totally. outlets are very different. Trust me, there's more conservative outlets than not. But Lisa is a pro, and she, that's why she's excellent at her job. She fits, fits in anywhere, including this dopey podcast with an unprofessional broadcaster <laughs> like myself that she's Great given time one. to. Dopey. Uh, Kate Scott is the uh, voice of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and for people on the West Coast, you've actually heard her call um, college games and sports talk. Kate, are you still doing stuff next year, college football audio? Is uh, that the plan? No, Golik you know? and I were one and done, a la a true, de- a la a true detective. Done. But stay tuned because college football Saturday night is coming back and it's going to be very fun. But uh, yeah, looking okay. forward to calling some more right, soccer excellent. for Fox in the years to come. Yeah, stay Ooh. tuned. I don't care on that. Fox has got that World Cup, I you know. know for but this many, summer, many years, I'm drinking, Richard. I'm recharging the battery because I am exhausted. It's at zero. So my friend said, right. no work this summer, Kate. You need to just lay. All right. We'll invite Lisa along. She's got one Instagram post a day, and maybe it'll be of you drinking. <laughs> She's going to hang up on Lisa and Kate. Richard. She is guys, ending friendships you, with both of us right now. I can see it in her face. I know. I know. All right. You guys are awesome. You know, you know I'm fans of you both. Thank you very much for joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to Kate and Lisa uh, for uh, such a fun conversation. If you like uh, these uh, kind of episodes, head to the Sports Media with Richard Deitch page on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That is how this podcast continues. Um, it does mean something. So if you hear this uh, and you want to take a minute or two out of your time, it really does help me. No bullshit there. So thank you in advance. Obviously, if you think this sucks, um, you got to do what you got to do. And, and, but hell yeah, we're going for five stars here, we hope. Um, if you like, um, I should say, a bad segue by me. If you go down the list of the last couple of podcasts, they include um, Chad Finn, who's a regular on this podcast. We talk about uh, the Michael K. Alex Rodriguez podcast. Uh, baseball just totally making things incredibly unfan friendly uh, regarding all their deals with Apple. Amazon, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Charlotte Carroll covers the WNBA and UConn basketball 
for the athletics. You talk about being in the women's final four, which set records uh, on viewership and credentialing, et cetera. For that, Joe Davis, the new voice of the World Series on Fox. We had a great conversation about uh, him taking over that role. And then just go down the list. Paul Heyman being part of uh, WrestleMania 38, How to Align Yourself with Greatness. Isabella Krishudian is a Washington Post um, uh, Moscow correspondent who is currently in Odessa, Ukraine, covering Russia's uh, invasion of the Ukraine. And uh, she's a former sports writer who covered the Caps, and that was pretty fascinating, her telling us what, uh, what her life is like right now in the Ukraine. Taylor Brooks of Bleacher Reports, the NBC reporter Alex Sherman, had Rebecca Lobo and Holly Rowe not too long ago, and just head to the archives to see hopefully something you like. I want to thank Patrick for putting this podcast together. As always, thanks to everybody at Cadence 13 for their support, and thank you most of all. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.